This is Wrestling is for Girls, a weekly wrestling podcast that's more color commentary than play-by-play. Each week we dig into Raw, SmackDown, recent pay-per-views, and wrestling news, plus all the random stuff we can't wait to talk about with each other and with you. I am Abigail, and I am here with Jillian, the greatest co-host in the history of podcasting, no pressure. Wow. And uh, this week... We're going to do what we do every week. We are going to talk about some WWE wrestling. I am very excited about that. And thank you for the really nice compliment. I'll try to live up to it. (laughs) You don't even have to try. Oh, wow. What did I do to deserve all this praise? Uh, You know, it's the holiday season. (laughs) My heart is warm. And uh, I guess I'm, I'm just happy to be here talking about wrestling with you. All right. Well, I'm into it. This episode is just going to be us telling each other how great we are. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So if you're amenable to this, uh, Supreme co-host, I thought that we could dig into some SmackDown. I am ready. Co-Supreme co-host. So SmackDown got off to a pretty exciting start this week, and not mm-hmm. just because of the SmackDown, which, of course, is my favorite part of the show, but... The bloodline arrived to kick things off. I was so excited. I was just, I couldn't wait to talk to you about Sammy, Sammy Zane. What do you, what do you think about Sammy's glow up? What are your feelings? So his beard looked A plus. Um, the pony on top of his head, like the fanned out kind yes. of, I, I don't, I didn't like it. Like. His hair being up was fine, but I didn't yes. like that style of top knot, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, we'll take what we can get, I suppose. You know what it kind of looked like to me? I guess it reminded me of. Have you ever seen like the hairdos that pageant queens sometimes have to frame the tiara? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like, is he waiting for like the first runner up yeah. crown to be placed on his head? Because it was yeah. a good glow up. But do you think he did his own hair? I mean, given the simplicity of the look, yeah, I think he might have done his own hair. Okay. I don't know that I could have pulled off that, like, splayed <laughs> Maybe he shell. didn't. I, so it was like a shell, I don't know, or a croissant on top of his head. <laughs> a little fanfare. I don't, think, I don't think I could have done it. So I was very happy to see the beard trim. 10 yes. of 10 on the beard trim. I would have yeah. liked a little less volume, but I understand that men in wrestling are doing voluminous beards right now. This is definitely like robust. Yes. Yeah. It's lumberjacky. He probably oils it or puts beard balm on it. So I thought on Friday it did look like he'd oiled it or something. Whereas normally I think it looks a little, I don't want to say crusty, but (laughs) not the best. I think he definitely like oiled and brushed it. I did really want him to cut his hair and I was a little bummed that he didn't, but Sammy's head, not mine. He did look really cute with short hair. He's cute all the time, but yeah, that would have been quite a that would have been quite the glow up. Well, I feel like Sami Zayn turns me into my mother. I'm like, oh, he's got such a nice face. <laughs> Don't hide your face behind Ugh. all that hair. <laughs> now, my mother would probably be more likely to say, "It's such a shame. She has such a pretty face." But my mother doesn't sound like that. I don't know. I don't know why I'm inventing this like Brooklyn mom. It's absolutely not my mom, but. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel when I see him. Like, oh, he's he's pretty cute. And I just want him to finish the glow up. Yeah. He's got to be Sammy for Sammy, though. That's true. He's got to, you know, if you're a newsologist, you got to chart your own course. 
I get that. Dear Sammy's spouse, <laughs> if you would like to come on the show and talk to us about your husband's grooming habits, we would love to have you. We are so interested to hear what you know and to share your frustrations and just like talk it out. I think it would be great to have like spouses on the show. Oh my gosh, it'd be amazing, right? In general, like yes. ask them questions like, what do they really like? Well, and I feel like I love roasting my spouse. I know you do. And I feel like giving <laughs> other people the opportunity to roast their spouse is just the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, they probably don't listen, so. Right. <laughs> we hope they do. And then Sammy, a, you're also welcome to come on the show. Okay, Right. If you guys want to tag team it and come on together, that's great. You know, or separate episodes, whatever works. We're here. We're here. I will, um, in my letter this week, I'll ask dad to pass that offer along. Okay. And he can Sammy. also um, pass that on to Stephanie. She can come on and roast now, dad. That would be the ultimate catch, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Be, I'd be so scared. <laughs> I would be so intimidated by Stephanie McMahon. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She gets shit done. I think I'd call her ma'am in a really subservient <laughs> voice. And thank her a lot. I would like curtsy. Madam. <laughs> ma'am. Doff my hat to her. Oh, I love that. I'd have to have a hat. So that's, there's the stress of finding a hat. <laughs> well, we've got work to do. Where do you, you find know, a top hat at to late notice? Especially during the holiday season. I mean, I'll dress geez. like Mr. Peanut. I love this idea. <laughs> so, you know, the bloodline, I mean, as we're going to talk about in this show and Raw, they play kind of an outsized role in yeah. both shows, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, later we get this sort of great segment backstage where they're kind of pumping Sammy up. Mm-hmm. Like they're getting them ready. And I don't know about you, but I was still very scared for Sammy at this point. So it was just breaking my heart. I was too. There's so much about the whole bloodline situation that makes me really sad. And I know we'll talk about it as we go. Yeah. But yeah. I was really freaking out. I also was like, oh, Jay is so proud. Look at that. It's like a mama duck watching his duckling swim away for the first time. And then I was like, Jay, why didn't you confirm? Why didn't you confirm with Roman that tonight was the night? What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then where was Jimmy coming from where he's like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> he was like, I'm really excited for him, but it's probably not going to happen. It was really weird. I don't know. I feel like Jimmy is perpetually in a stage of hedging his bets, right? Yes. He's like, you know, I think uh, I think if we were to bring Sammy on full Uso, it'd, it'd be pretty much the best decision we made in 2022. But, you know, on the other side, if you didn't, I think that would also be the best decision we made in 2022. <laughs> and the guy's a stupid asshole. So whatever. Whatever's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll go with whatever. It's cool. It's like, Jimmy, you, you got to, like, have a conviction, my dude. You got to stand by it. I agree. But it, it's it was complicated times throughout. And I mean, I know we're going to return to this again and again, but I feel like we're with the bloodline now a little bit where we were with the shield, where they were just working every single show. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's Monday, the shield. Mm-hmm. It's Friday, the shield. It's a house show. They're there. And I'm like, man, the Usos in particular must be tired. Well, and this I I, I think we have to be heading toward some sort of summit mm-hmm. where we're going to get the top of the mountain and then head on head down and it just feels like more and more of the cracks are going to start showing it feels like we are well timed 
to have plot point one at Royal Rumble. You know, like the plot point that leads mm-hmm. us to this fissure between them. And yeah. then for everything to blow up at WrestleMania. Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if it happened sooner. But I also mm. absolutely wouldn't be surprised if they drag it out for four more months. Right? Like, I, I feel like because it's been so epic... Like, it makes a little sense to me that the road to perdition for the bloodline is also the road to WrestleMania. Ooh, look at mm-hmm. you with that analogy. Yeah, but I wasn't sure I used perdition correctly, so. I think it was fine. Thank you. That's why you're the best co-host, that right there. <laughs> so, uh, after this, we moved on a little from the bloodline, but not for long. We never move on from the bloodline for long. And we got into some quality women's wrestling. We had Liv Morgan. And Tegan Knox mm-hmm. versus um, Io Sky and Dakota Kai. And for some reason, I just had the hardest time coming up with Dakota's name. It was like right there, but I couldn't access it. And of course, as always, Bailey is there. Bailey is there. I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a sign in the crowd that some dude had, and it was like really creepy to me. It was just in all caps, and it just said, Pretty Women. Oh, <laughs> it was just like, what? Uh, what are we trying to accomplish? Mm, that is that is a little weird. It feels like, you know, like labeling, like maybe he just got a label maker for the holidays. And, it was um, really strange. That's very strange. I don't like that at all. No, this was also the match where I discovered how much my cat loves wrestling. So oh, can you please talk about this? Because this is the best. So <laughs> I'm happy to. So we have a cat and she's my favorite and uh we have a big television in our living room where we sit and watch wrestling and my cat has a pedestal that has like a scratching post pedestal thing and she likes to sit on top of it well she's discovered that like she likes to watch tv sitting on her pedestal and so she was just like she did it on friday and she did it on monday when she when we had wrestling on and she just jumps up on the pedestal and just stares at the TV and watches everything that's happening. It's amazing. So clearly wrestling is for cats. Wrestling is for cats. Well, she's also a girl cat, so it's true. But this is the podcast for everyone, so even cats. Especially cats. cats. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. I really enjoy watching her watch wrestling. So what did, what did she think about this match? Did she give you any feedback? Um, she kind of just jumped down after a while, so I think she was mad that some rando came in and, like, assisted Bailey. <laughs> and then we found out later, I believe, that that lady was Zia Lee, which I was like, what? Yeah. Why? Yeah, that was my reaction. I was like, what? what's, what's going to happen now? What's this all about? Like, okay, I liked Mystery Person. Mm-hmm. I was hoping it was going to be someone who we hadn't seen in a long time like right me too i was hoping it would be like sasha banks returning or um now i'm blanking on her name even though i love her she has the awesome light up shoes oh uh naomi naomi thank you i was hoping it might be naomi because i'm always happy to see naomi but same i mean zia lee's fine i just i don't know i have favorites that i wish would come back no i get that like it doesn't matter how much you're like warm to someone if you're like super caliente for someone else you're gonna want that someone else super caliente mysterio Uh (laughs) uh-huh 
Super caliente fragilistic expialidocious. I wish he would go away. Well, that's a topic for later in the show. It's true. <laughs> it's true. We can't just change the podcast to girls hate Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> we could. We Maybe could. there's a lot of material there. <laughs> we absolutely could. Um, I there isn't a lot I have to say about the match itself in the sense of like what this means. It seemed mm-hmm. like I I didn't I don't think I really expected them to beat Damage Control. Right. Um, because I don't know, they're such a new team. Right, right. They're finding their feet. But they do seem to really work well together and they seem mm-hmm. to really enjoy each other. So I thought that was nice. I like that Liv was like, it's kendo stick time. And Tegan was like, not if you want to win the match time, bitch. No, it's not. Yeah, I'm wondering how old that's going to get for Tegan when she has to like <laughs> rein Liv in every two minutes. Because Liv is just like, fuck everything. Maybe they get to a point where she's like giving Liv this talk. Like, you know how Nikki Cross is annoying? <laughs> yeah, you know who else is annoying? And then there's just like a mirror. She just holds up a mirror and she's like, oh, come on. I it's also. Funny you... Oh, sorry. I was just no, I'm sorry. Say, it's funny ahead. that you brought up Nikki Cross because it's like, remember how she was like creeping around? Yes. And then that just disappeared. Like, it hasn't been mentioned again in, like, two weeks, so. Because she's still in, like, the Gund Arena or something, just, like, lurking behind dumpsters and (laughs) shipping crates in people's offices. They can't get rid of her. I would love that. To be fair, though, I don't think that happened in the Gund Arena. That's just, like, one of the only arenas not in my city that I know the name of. I don't even, the Gund Arena? Gunt? Gund. 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 The Gunt Arena is something else entirely that we will not discuss <laughs> on this program. Like, what? <laughs> Forbidden Arena. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also thought that, um, so Liv did this like sunset flip over the top rope into a power bomb from the ring apron. Mm, and it was mm-hmm. just like really spectacular. And I'm like, yeah, this is how you want to be crazy. It's just to be like balls to the wall, going all out. This is This is good. I worry that I've said this before, but it seems like Liv has to like practically kill herself every match yeah, for her to be considered herself. like relevant. And I worry about that. Like I don't like I I love that she's like throwing herself into it, like giving it her all. But it's like I don't want her to die. No, I get that. Like I I want her to walk that line carefully, right? Like mm-hmm. do these awesome moves and stuff, but you know, please don't break your neck for us, Liv, because we don't deserve it. One hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was a good match, and I'm very curious to see how this new team evolves. What do you think Zaylee's up to? I mean, I think she just wants back in the game, right? She's like, pay attention to me, guys. Yeah, it could be. Although it's interesting that she came under the cover of darkness, right? Like, why not just be Zaylee? Why? Why be a hoodie lady? Well, and then if you're going to be a hoodie lady, why do they, like, two minutes later announce who it was? <laughs> like, oh, we found out it's Zia Lee. Like, what? Why all the cloak and dagger for, like, two minutes of... I didn't think it was two minutes. I think it was, like, 30 yeah. seconds later. Corey and Kevin Patrick? Is that... Is that it? Is no, it's Wade, it's Wade and, Barrett and Michael Cole on SmackDown. Sorry, yeah. Wade Barrett and Michael Cole were just like, whoa, Zia Lee, what? Like, where was it's, the payoff? It's like if you've ever read a very shoddy mystery novel... And they spend like, you know, 25 chapters setting up the mystery. And then at the end, like, it was crazy Frank with a shotgun and nobody really knew why. But there he was. It's like, I what have I invested in here? Why was there all this set up? You could have just told me that in the first chapter. Exactly. Yeah. 
I don't know. I liked the idea of the mystery, and then they're like, oh, we're going to ruin it for you real quick. <laughs> you can't handle this mystery. We're not ready. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So uh, we went from some mysterious lady fights into what felt like just an unholy volume of video packages. Yeah. I... I blocked most of them from my mind. Um, <laughs> the only one I kind of caught was Gunter. Yeah, Gunter's like they're doing the Gunter promo, getting ready for the big match against Ricochet. <laughs> At one point, Gunter says, "I'm gonna chop your whole body into pieces." <laughs> it's very specific, right? Oh my god! <laughs> like one of my favorite things they do in wrestling and promos, mainly, of course. But sometimes just when they're like yelling at each other in the ring or whatever, they just threaten absolute murder. Like, yes, I think I've talked about this before, but just like I'm going to kill you. Like they threaten murder in these promos. And it's hilarious to me because no one's really trying to murder anybody. No, it's like they go out there and announce a whole ass crime. Yes. No crime will be committed. It's so funny to me. Um, In this vein, I am really waiting for a wrestler to be cutting an angry promo and say, I'm going to rearrange your guts. Oh, God. Because, I mean, that has obviously a nonviolent and extremely sexual connotation with, you know, the kids on the TikTok. And um, I just I just want to hear it. Oh, boy. And then I want the other person to be like, what do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? Just no selling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you think I mean? So I'm waiting for this was. Mm hmm. (laughs) <laughs> this is the combat arts baby that's what i think you is. need to be that wrestler well you know if i had any dexterity or strength that would be a great plan but be the lunatic wrestler you want to see in the world you know today i ran into my desk twice so odds are not good <laughs> for my tryout <laughs> you just need some a uh, l- little bit of training up i mean they put out dominic mysterio <laughs> that's true i could be the next caliente what am i saying <laughs> I am so good at clinging to like powerful women and getting stuff in my eyes. Like I literally am good at that. So I mean, all you have to do is ask dad for help and dad will help you. Right. Dear dad, I have a new plan. I no longer wish to be a podcaster. (laughs) I wish to be a star. Dad helps those who help themselves. (laughs) Not so far he hasn't. Put that in your letter. I will put that in my letter. Um Then we transitioned into a topic that is always in my letter and always (laughs) in our podcast. The uh, Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight saga continues. And what a saga it is. Amazing. It just keeps getting better and better. Yes. And weirder and weirder. Why? Why when L.A. Knight was bound and tortured backstage, was he wearing (laughs) a weird mask? Like, you guys are not doing a lot to convince me that this is not a sex thing between you two. It makes no sense that he'd have a mask on him whatsoever. No, like you're trying to like torture and intimidate some dude and you're like, let me just take a moment. This is not aesthetic enough. Let me make this aesthetic. We're going to go trick or treating. (laughs) I felt awkward and icky. Like I shouldn't have been there. (laughs) It was very strange. I liked though that he just like. LA Knight vacillates between like hyping Bray up and then like tearing and dying. He's like, you're amazing. But you never fucking get to the point. <laughs> Which I agree. I agree, LA Knight. LA Knight is kind of like a sage in a way, you know? Like, yeah. He does get it. 
And I think we may be walking a very fine line between a praise kink and a degradation kink. Mm. You know? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Claim it, shame it. Yeah. I'm going to claim it for him. I mean, <laughs> I want to see where it goes, so I guess I have to claim it, right? Well, and I mean, I, you know, I think we're we're far from the end of this story because, uh, you know, somehow <laughs> hope against hope, L.A. Knight did survive this weird mask and brutality situation. Yeah, I love that they don't say how he escapes. They don't show anything. It's just like, I'm fine. There's no bruises on me. He does a really good Bray impersonation, though. He does. It's great. It was so good. Which, what if he is uh, Uncle (laughs) (gasps) Oh, my. You know what? You just legit blew my mind. You (laughs) rearranged my brain. Um, I actually desperately want Uncle Howdy to be Bo Dallas. Like, that's what I'm hoping. (laughs) That's what I I want, too. Forever. I want it so much. Did you notice um, there was a part where L.A. Knight was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, like, I was hearkened back to back when Howard Dean was running for president. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He just got totally taken down when he was like at that campaign rally, I think. And he was like, (laughs) he was too excited about democracy. (laughs) That's all I could think of. <laughs> oh my god Howard Dean so I, I noticed something about LA Night on Friday and I, I'm curious to see if you've noticed it too <laughs> okay and it wasn't his John Lennon sunglasses although those are pretty amazing okay um LA Knight has beautiful hands oh I didn't notice this I was really too busy nice. realizing that he kind of looks like a friend of my husband so oh Oh, interesting. That was funny. I have to look at his hands. I'll pay very close attention. You know, I like those details. He's got beautiful hands. I think it's because he's a big man. You know, they, they've got yeah. an advantage there. But I'm very, always very distracted nice. by his ridiculously tight pants. Well, that's fair. I mean, the thing is, I guess for me, is that his hands are often floating somewhere in the vicinity of his tight <laughs> pants. So I catch it all. Very good, observant. Good eye for detail. Um, I also liked how... You know, Bray's music hits, and we've got like 45 minutes to an appearance, but then it was pretty quick. <laughs> it was really quick. And they have their exchange, and then LA Knight's like, you know, basically like, stop shitting us. We know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I believe at some point he says he can feel him, which is hilarious. And yeah. then, like, Uncle Howdy yeah. appears, and, you know, Bray is kind of like, yeah, dude, it's weird for me too. <laughs> I'm also going through it. I mean, he was literally like, I wasn't sure you were wrong about everything. So like a revelation. Am I right? (laughs) It's amazing. And then Uncle Howdy just laughed for like five uncomfortable minutes. Like I feel like faux laughing where you have to like shake your, it's like Santa Claus (laughs) laughing where you're like Like a bowl full of jelly. Yeah, it was so awkward. I mean, I feel like, you know, Bray has been drawing a lot of attention to the performance of masculinity that's just been grinding him to paste over the years. And now here's this embodiment, this cartoonish, grotesque, masculine costume. And all Mm -hmm. it can do is laugh and cry. I have a question. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Ask it. Okay, have you seen the movie Beaches? I haven't seen the movie Beaches, although I know it's a classic. Okay, so in the movie Beaches, (laughs) there's a scene where Bette Midler is singing because surprise surprise it's Bette Midler right and she's in this play like a musical in the movie and she's singing this song called I think the song's called like oh industry or something but anyway 
there's a scene where like everybody turns around in the play and they have these masks on and they totally look like the Uncle Howdy mask. So I'm imagining that Uncle Howdy is a big Beaches fan. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I actually am choking because that's delighting me so much. Um, so you think like, you know, the classic chick flicks are Uncle Could, Howdy's domain. Yeah. I mean, he probably really loves the big chill. We should see what he thinks about fried green tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's... It, that made me laugh because that's like what I thought of instantly. I was like, oh, my God. That is so wonderful. Um, so things get less weird as the night goes on, which I guess is for the best, right? Because if things kept getting weirder, we'd be in a very strange space. It's true. And, you know, I'm skipping over some things, but this is going to lead us to Ricochet versus Gunther for the IC title. And I guess I wanted to ask you what your expectations were going in and how you felt after like as you're watching the match and as you see it unfold so I 100% did not expect Ricochet to win however I 100% hoped that he would same yes um the match was incredible it felt like a pay-per-view level match like Mm. they turned it up they cranked it out it was incredible Yes. And I, there were some times where I really thought that maybe Ricochet could pull it off. And I was really hoping that would be the case. But it didn't happen. So I feel exactly the way that you did. Like, cannot criticize this match. Five stars, both competitors. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a master class in how you take two competitors with really different styles. Yeah. And highlight what is great about both of them without burying anyone. Yes. You know, um, Ricochet did not come out of that looking weak. Gunther did not Mm-mm. come out of it looking like all he can do is a very like limited and not that Gunther's limited. I'm not explaining that right. But like he can't compete with someone who's very different. Like he showed his versatility and his power. Right. right. It was so good. And I mean, there were just so many times where I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I know there was a part where they showed a replay of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Gunther chopping ricochet mm-hmm. on the chest and when he hit him in the replay you could see like the sweat like beat like spray like fly up into the air from his chest it was crazy that's yuck yeah. <laughs> it was kind of gross i did have a a thought during this match mm. and because you know how i like to try to impose logic <laughs> on wrestling I love on wwe wrestling mm. so i feel like it would make more sense that if if you're a champion and you have a championship match because for you know how you can you can like there can be a disqualification a championship match and like the the title won't change hands it just stays right. with the right. incumbent <clears throat> so i think it makes more sense that if you're the champ and you do something to get disqualified you lose because mm-hmm. i feel like then there won't be the like, no, this didn't this didn't happen in this match, but it just I just thought about it. it was like the random fuckery that they can sometimes pull to get themselves disqualified so they don't have to cha- change the title. No, I mean I, I think that's very fair. That would lead to a much more sportsmanlike stage of competition, right? Mm-hmm. I mean I can see the logic behind that for sure. Do I want too much? Am I flying too high? I think you're asking a lot for. <laughs> The medium that were, you know, 
I think that it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, we don't necessarily do things based on how much sense they make here. Oh, absolutely not. Because the rules seem to change from match to match. Because, so. like, later we have a guy who's going to have a ladder match against a guy that he hired to beat him <laughs> up for reasons. And they're going to fight over some money in plastic bags. So, I mean, reason is not. That's true. On the tape. But, I no, I think that I think that could be an interesting stipulation. If you had kind of like an honor code match, you know, or like matches that had to adhere to an honor code. Don't be a dick match. I think they do something like that in either Ring of Honor or AEW where there are like certain matches where you have like, not a code of conduct, but like, you know, there will be penalties for being a cheating a-hole. I wish I could remember, but. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um. I thought it was sweet that Braun came running out to help Ricochet when he was dead. I thought it was nice, too. You know, like, he cares. He doesn't want to see this dude get smashed. He's learned his lesson about the flippy flippers. I mean, I was less charitable because I was like, thankfully, Braun Strowman is here to make the title picture boring real quick. (laughs) Well, that's what I was wondering. Is that going to mean something now? And what happens to Ricochet? Like, I don't want Ricochet to have gone through all this to just be, like, buried. I hope Ricochet goes on to something else, something bigger and better and more exciting or just different. And I, I mean, I like Gunter a lot, so I'll be happy to see him wrestle Braun, but Braun is a pretty limited thing to me. Like, I like when he runs through people and knocks them over. Yeah. I like Braun in small doses. Yes. And uh, I, I like Gunter more after this match. I will say that. I can see that, you know, because I, I feel like sometimes it's kind of like how we were talking about last week there was that match where I was like I've always liked Damian Priest but I like him so much more now yeah you know it's, it's the same kind of thing sometimes there's just a match where you're like shit that was amazing yeah I felt like so that. yeah it was like it was a real credit to both of them I think I agree so we come out of this match for something completely different we've got the bloodline backstage yeah and um I love that Paul Heyman is always using Siri to make a call <laughs> I didn't notice it's like his grandkids taught him how to do that over Thanksgiving one year. And now he's like, hey, guys, watch this. Siri. call No, Siri. Siri. But he can do it. I mean, he has a great job. So Is this when he's um, getting Adam Pierce in? Yes. He's getting Adam Pierce on the horn. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we find out that um, Roman has this plan where he and Sammy are going to take on KO and his partner of choice. Yeah, I I think this falls into the category of what you were saying I think last week about Roman just deciding to be a total dick about it and mm-hmm. like there's no other reason for him to force Sammy into a tag match against KO other than right. to just be an asshole. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Sammy's never going to be able to get the brass ring, right? Because Roman's always going to be moving it just a little higher and a little higher. And that's how he stays the tribal chief and everyone else stays subservient to him is trying to get their own Mm -hmm. personal brass ring. So yeah, it, uh, it makes for entertaining heelishness to watch, but also like you just want to like poke him between the eyes. Mm hmm. One thing I noticed when Paul Heyman was talking to Adam Pierce was how much emphasis he kept putting on the P in Pierce. <laughs> and it reminded me of um, the way 
Draco Malfoy said Harry Potter's name in the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> <laughs> Potter. Uh, so. Pierce needs to learn that uh, some wrestling families are better than others. That's true. He doesn't yeah. want to start off on the wrong foot. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I feel like every time I see Adam Pierce now, I'm like, what is your job? Yes. Like, where did, I mean, I know he came from wherever, but like, where did he come <laughs> from? And like, why is he here? And why is he the chosen guy? They're like, we just not- need some big, bald, white guy because Triple H can't be the big, bald, white guy anymore. We couldn't get Steve Wilkos, so we had to settle for Adam <laughs> Pierce, you know? Steve, 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 Steve. Plus, I mean, if it was Steve Wilkos, he could give that like final thought. Oh, and bring everybody together. Yep. Like, you know, despite the fact that we have people ripping out each other's wigs and like punching and smashing into cake and throwing chairs, like at the end you come together and you're like, what did we learn today? Well, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like that. I don't want Adam Pierce to do it, though. I'm not into that. No. He seems so, really like a wet noodle to me. He does seem like a wet noodle. I'm never excited to see him. No, not even one time. And he's like wishy-washy on stuff. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he's not He's not the greatest. But uh, you know what is the greatest? What? Our next match. Ooh, that was not my best segue. transition. but we're Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So we've got uh, Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde of Legato del Fantasma uh, versus... Ashanti the Adonis and Top Dalla of Hit Row. Hit and, Row. Uh, the Viking Raiders. I mean. <laughs> That's it. That's the reaction. That's our commentary. I uh, I have to admit, I didn't really pay super close attention to this match. Um, That's fair. But I knew that, like, I knew the ladies were going to get involved because um, Zelina came out in, like, not seven-inch heels. She was just yeah. in, like, flats, and I was like, uh-oh, shit's going to get real. She was also, like, it was like Zelina forgot to do laundry, so she had to wear her sexy Carol Baskin Halloween costume. <laughs> it's Carol Baskin. I just, like... Who is that? Oh! Oh, my gosh. I always forget that you haven't seen Tiger King. Oh! So... Okay. On, let me give you a quick rundown. Okay. Not that you needed to understand anything that we're talking about. But Tiger King centers around Joe Exotic, who is mm-hmm. a strange redneck who owns a roadside zoo in Oklahoma. Yeah. And the zoo makes a lot of its money off of cub petting, which is where you can like go some. A lot of places still do this. You can go someplace and hold a baby tiger, right? Mm, okay. But the fallout to animals from cub petting is really, really terrible because often what happens is the cubs get big really quickly, like six months is max for a tiger cub to be cute and cuddly and handleable by average people. Uh-huh. So then it's like, well, what do you do with the cubs once they're not oh. cute anymore? And it's not legal to kill them really, but there's also like, because a lot of these tigers raised at these roadside zoos are weird hybrids, they're not actually covered by the Endangered Species Act. Oh. So the rules are really foggy. People don't handle them well. It's a private market. It's really weird. Okay. So Carol Baskin is an animal rights activist. She operates a big cat rescue in Florida. Okay. So the opposite of a roadside zoo. You can't pet the animals. You can mm-hmm. go and see them, but it's it's supposed to be to protect the cats, right? Right. So she's kind of like his nemesis, and she tries to take him down. Now, they did a made-for-TV movie about this, I think. 
Yeah, they, it was a limited run series, and I have to tell you, I mean, this is something that I am weirdly obsessed with. I know everyone went through a Tiger King phase. I went through a big one. Um, the made for the series is great, and I highly recommend it. Okay. Anyway, uh, Carol Baskin loves cat print. That's her thing. Oh, She's always wearing okay. cat print. So. Okay, thank you. I knew the name was familiar. I just couldn't place her. Yep, that's Carol Baskin. Um. I mean, the outcome of this match, right, is that Hit mm-hmm. Row wins. Hit Row. They sure do. <laughs> How do you sure feel about do. that? Well, as you know, I can't stand Hit Row. Um, I will say that I think Ashanti the Adonis looked better in this match than he has in 100 years for me. So I'm going to okay. give him some credit there. Okay. I think at the beginning when B-Fab was dancing to their music, she has no rhythm. I didn't even notice. Just, it was awkward. And... Um, there was that spot where Top Dollar kind of got caught in the ropes. And I mean, I thought he was going to break something. Oh, was that when he tried to do a dive or whatever? Yes. <laughs> I thought, yeah, they were like, he shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. And then Michael Cole ribs him about it. And I'm like, dude, you don't literally have to add insult to injury. That's, yeah. I mean, I don't like the guy, but shit. Yeah. Do so you... I was. Oh, sorry. No, you're okay. I was going to say I was happy to see the ladies get into it, but. Ultimately, I. Yeah, there were two things I liked in this match, which were Legato del Fantasma and the Viking Raiders. <laughs> I I'm never a fan of these like rando six man tag matches. Like no. I don't I don't like them. I never have liked them because they just feel like a dumping ground because they mm-hmm. don't know what to do with everybody. So like six man tag. Um, that feels very vince formatty to me like i felt like when vince was still running the show like every night on wrestling there were like one to two six-man tag matches and i just wanted to die it was like when teddy long was the general manager of smackdown (laughs) and he'd be like what's up playa you know what's up six-man tag matches (laughs) it's like when people don't do their homework they're just like (laughs) or in the test you know on the scantron just mark c all the time like yes if I throw enough shit at the wall, something's going to stick. Mm-hmm. Do you think that... So, I mean, that that win, they become the number one contenders, right? Against right. the Usos. Yeah. Can they can Hit Row beat the Usos? I mean, this just seems like such a fucking exercise in futility to me. So, to crib a line from a Knight's Tale, the only way that Hit Row can beat the Usos is with a stick while they sleep. <laughs> like, no! Hit Row That's cannot so beat the Usos. That's, like, embarrassing. I feel like the only ones who have a cho- a chance would have been Legato del Fantasma. And yeah, that's just because I, I like them more than Viking Raiders. No, and that's fair, right? Like, everybody has their preferences. Um, I think that, ugh, like, my dream is that Hit Row gets a shot, and then they go away for a while. And I don't have to think about Hit Row or look at it. Like, the way you feel about Dominic Mysterio mm. is akin to how I feel about Hit Row. Okay. So Do you I'm want me to right stop singing Hit Row? I mean, I feel like my facial expressions have indicated every time that, yes, I would like you to stop. But because I respect you as a co-host and a friend, I have silently borne my pain. That's really nice of you to say. I know it really is nice of me to say. So, yeah, that's uh, it'll be interesting to me to see what comes out of this like are we getting them out of the way are we gonna put more of a focus on these other two teams and have them feud or you know what happens now yeah it doesn't feel realistic to me right now that any of them get the belts off the usos i agree 
Well, and they sent New Day down to NXT or over to <laughs> what NXT. What is going on there? And they're just like in NXT now. Like, I mean, I guess it's great if they're getting a lot of like coverage there. But I'm just like, right. this seems weird and relegate ish. Like, I don't know. Send one of the lesser teams down. Like, I love NXT. I, I love NXT. I love New Day. Like, I feel like keep a thing going with them and the Usos. I suspect this is a thing where it's like, you know, and I don't follow the ratings. Like, how is NXT doing in the ratings? How is Raw doing in the ratings? But yeah. I wonder if this is a thing where, like, they need to draw some attention to NXT. Maybe. They want to bring some crossover viewership. Um, because I have long had a theory that there are people who watch every wrestling product that's out there. Mm-hmm. And there are people who watch every wrestling product that a specific promotion puts out. But there's also lots of people who are like, yeah, I watch Raw. Yeah. And if you can get that audience to be a little more interested in some of the other products, I, I think that's a, a positive thing and a reason to do something like that. Yeah. I am a marketing executive. No, I'm not. I'm not a marketing executive. <laughs> You're very good at your job. Thank you. If only that was my job. <laughs> so after after this hit row shit show, we move on to some very exciting stuff to round out the show. Is that fair to say? I think so. So uh, Roman Reigns is here. He's here. He's here. Um, and the bloodline is here. And this is probably the most nervous I have ever been watching wrestling programming. I had another heartbreak moment. Yeah. Sammy's poor face. I know. And Roman is such an asshole. He's totally, you know who he is? He's fucking Lucy with the football. Yes. Yes, he is. And Sammy's Charlie Brown. Yes. Like, he just keeps yanking at, like, this time is not going to happen, bro. And then he runs, like, JK. I mean, he's basically like, your old friends are a problem. That's so weird. Like, I think it's really weird. And I, again, I know there's no, Whatever. But, like, I think it's weird that Roman is so obsessed about one guy, mm-hmm. like, Kevin Owens, when he has, like, you know, six dudes in the bloodline. Like, yes. it's one guy, buddy. Like, why are you so obsessed with one guy? Well, and it's, I think it's a couple things for me. One, Sammy wants to be in the bloodline so much. Do you know what? It's yeah. like Sammy's not equivocating. Right. He's willing to, like burn his past to the ground to be in the bloodline proved it so many times (laughs) yes and roman is coming across like one of those dudes who's like his girlfriend can't have a past right you know like you can't stop thinking about it he can't accept it and it's like well i mean not to bring up a sore subject with twilight but unless you're going to fall in love (laughs) with a literal fetus there's very good chance that it's the same for your associates right like people are gonna have a past and he's just being a dick yeah he really is huge dick so uh, they're going to smash KO. They're going to smash KO, but KO mm-hmm. isn't going to be smashed alone. But can we see him? Well, it was appropriate that we really couldn't see Cena for a second before he appeared on the big screen. <laughs> Very appropriate. Uh, Cena Claus is what Cena he called Claus. himself at one point. And Cena I, Claus was the best. I cringed and giggled at the same time. I feel like John Cena now occupies this cultural space where he's extremely cringe and we're all extremely okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I 
I'm looking forward to this because I think it'll be a really fun match. And like, I mean, they already said like John Cena's coming back by in the 30th. So like, right. I don't know if this was like a foregone conclusion, but I think it'll be fun to watch. I mean, Cena's going to be like in and out, right? Like nothing's going to happen to him after this. So it doesn't really matter. Right. He doesn't have any stakes in this, right? He's just here to have a good time. Right. So do you have any predictions for that match? Well, I guess one thing I predict is that we are all going to end the year with a better understanding of basic thugonomics, <laughs> which as we head into a recession feels like a useful thing, you know. Do you think he's going to wear jorts? He's got to wear jorts, right? Yes, he's got. Well, so I wish he'd go back to wearing the multicolored booty shorts that he used to wear just because I love them. I don't think I ever saw him in the booty shorts. So before John Cena was a rapper, John Cena was a wrestler who didn't rap. And he used to wear these kind of like, like imagine a pair of 80s gym or running shorts where they're like solid color and then they've got the piping. Mm -hmm. That's a different, kind of like that, but like a stretchy short kind of thing, like a booty short. So kind of like A-Town Clown. A little bit like that, but stylish and likable. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So like that if it sucked. I wanted uh... Go ahead. I wanted to ask you, like, what are your feelings about John Cena? I feel like we've never talked about John Cena. I, I've, I've always been, I'm never unhappy to see John Cena. Like, yeah. I'm never overjoyed to see John Cena. Like, mm-hmm. I like him. I think he, I like that he embraced the whole John Cena sucks chant that everyone does yeah. to his stupid theme music. Um, He seems like a decent-ish dude. He so, does seem like a decent issue. Like, I love that he does all that stuff with the Make-A-Wish kids and things like that. So, like, as a wrestler, he's fine. Like, I don't ever remember him doing anything spectacular. No, he doesn't. He's just kind of standard, you know, all-American. Like, was he, he had to have been a heel at some point, but I feel like oh, my yeah, entire... Oh, yes, yes. He started as a heel. Okay, because I feel like the entire time I watched him wrestle, he was just, like, all-American good guy. His booty short era was a heel era, which (laughs) makes sense. I mean, when I am at my most villainous, I am wearing my most scandalous underpants. So was probably squeezing his nuts so he's in a bad mood. Right, right. It was just tight up in there. I feel like for me that John Cena is a little bit like Batista. Okay. I love Batista the guy. Yeah. I am so indifferent to Batista the wrestler. I'm always excited to see Batista, though. Well, that's how I feel. Like, I'm excited to see Batista because he's Batista. Okay. But then he gets in the ring, and I'm like, oh, we could have skipped this part. You could have just, like, come over and said hi and left. Would you like John Cena more if he had a belly button tattoo like Batista? (laughs) I would like everyone I've ever met more if they had belly button tattoo. You know what I love about Batista? He's got a strong aesthetic, and he is just, like, into it. He does. He doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks about his look. No, he's He loves it. Yeah. And he's really funny. He is. Yeah. So, you know, SmackDown definitely went out with a bang this week. Is there anything else you would like to add to our SmackDown? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Well, then I guess it's time to get raw. (laughs) I'm ready. Excellent. You were born ready. So, uh, raw begins in much the way that SmackDown (laughs) ended and that Roman Reigns needs attention. He really does. Really does. Like, 
I'm beginning to think acknowledge me as a cry for help. It could be. It could be. He needs a hug. He needs some soup. I also... That would be nice if he had some soup. He'd feel a lot better. I feel like Kevin Owens is on the island of relevancy for me. My Like my larger island of relevancy. I think KO is on it. I don't know where this island of relevancy <laughs> came from. Like... I it gets peppered in a lot. I know it's a whole bloodline thing. Yeah. But it's just like, what a dumb qualifier. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, it's like Roman is the center of everything. He's the center of the universe. The sun revolves around Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And then everything he touches is relevant. So it's like an island of relevancy. Mm, okay. It's still dumb as shit. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Roman is chilling. He's got his little man cave. It looks really cozy, low lighting. Very, very nice. Mm -hmm. And then, meanwhile, in contrast, the bloodline is out here beating everyone up. I had a question about that. So we see it throughout the whole evening. Like, they just keep showing up and beating people up, which we haven't seen them do before as far as I know. So my question is, you know, when we watch, like, you know, it's a tale as old as time. On television shows, like we saw this on Supernatural a lot, but like you knew they were going to kill someone off when they redeemed that character. Like that character has oh, yeah. been an asshole forever. And then yes. this episode, they're being really nice. And then now you know they're going to die. So I feel like kind of the opposite is happening here. Like, are they just trying to make everybody hate the bloodline so much because they're just beating everybody up so that when it's time for them to break apart, everyone will be like, Yay, we're over the bloodline now. Time to move on to the next thing. I mean, that certainly may have something to do with it. Um, I mean, they're certainly setting the bloodline up for a hard time in the Royal Rumble where alliances can be pretty helpful. Yeah. They're not going to have any allies except each other because they've been rank assholes for weeks, if not months. Yeah, there's going to be, a, I imagine, a big gang up. I wonder if we're getting, like, we're building up where the bloodline is becoming too big to sustain itself not in terms of size of the actual bloodline but like they're kind of drunk on power you know they're too convinced yeah. of how awesome they are and i mean we you know not to get ahead but we do see part of the bloodline taken down a peg yeah they've gotten too big for their britches mm-hmm. and like i mean they're acting out right like they think they run this town this town being wrestling and they do in a lot of ways i mean they're central to the show they are at the top of their game but you know I think when you start to get too big and you start to get too shitty, you know, bad things happen. So They are the Roman Empire of wrestling. Yes. <gasps> yes. The Roman Empire. Yes. <laughs> Someone has to have said that before. I can't. Didn't he I used can't. to have a shirt that says something about the Roman Empire? He probably did. Yeah. He did. He, yeah. If not, um, Dad, don't you dare steal that idea. That's mine. And you can send the checks to the address I will put in my letter this week. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was another exciting thing at the kickoff of Raw that we noticed, or at least exciting for me. Tonight was Christmas Raw. Man, I was so happy, and I wish more wrestlers were in like Christmas gear. Yeah, I mean, like Rhea had on her Rhea had on their like Happy Holidays from the Judgment Day shirt, That's which nice. I thought was great. But it's like, nice. like, where's the where's the holiday spirit, y'all? I know, like I love seasonal bullshit. Me too. Ham it up. Like, I just, I freaking love it so much that we have a seasonal surprise coming at the end of this episode. 
that that we do that we do not to not to get too deep into our stockings before the time is right but um yeah i love christmas anyway um i was very excited to see that everything was christmasy i did mm-hmm. like that at one point otis took out a christmas tree i missed that oh yeah man. he like shoved it over it was great but um <laughs> i love him it was it was like six of ten for christmas content could have used more christmas I agree. I really enjoyed all the trees. They were really pretty. Like I loved, I thought they, that looked really nice, but yes, I could have used much more Christmas content. I feel like you couldn't do enough Christmas content for me. Like why yeah. wasn't the ring covered in fake snow? Tinsel, tinsel why everywhere. Didn't someone come out as a snowman. Where was Santa Claus? Yeah, seriously. Although, I mean, WWE can get dangerous with Christmas because before we recorded this episode, I was looking up like past Christmas episodes just to get an idea of like some Christmas shit they'd done in the past. And it reminded me of the Santa's Little Helper match where Santa was Mick Foley. This was a long time ago. Okay. And all of the divas wore sexy little Santa's Helper outfits and had a little battle royal. Gross. And what do you think the winner got? Uh, Covered in whipped cream or got to sit on Santa's lap? She got to kiss the superstar of her choice. Oh, gross. Mm-hmm. Who won? I don't. I didn't get that far. I started choking and gagging and I had to look <laughs> away. That's so gross. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's like it's better that we don't get too far into the ghost of Christmas past with these people. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. But it w- it was nice. Um, decidedly not festive was our opening confrontation between uh, the Street Profits and Damian Priest and Finn Balor. I really liked Montez's shoes. They were so bright yellow and pretty. They were I wonderful. Love, and I um, love Montez in general. I thought that uh, Dominic's sunglasses were an improvement. <laughs> yes. But I... What I liked about this match, and it maybe it's because I haven't seen the Street Profits wrestle a bunch because they were gone for a while, and then mm-hmm. like while I wasn't watching wrestling, they were around. But it was nice to see them like getting to showcase some actual like really good wrestling chops. Like yes, like they were being, you know, really good wrestlers against these other really good wrestlers, and that was cool to watch. Yeah, I thought that much like the. Um much like the match between Ricochet and Gunther, this was a pleasure to watch. And I thought that, you know, Montez Ford always looks good to me, first of all, because I have a crush on him. Okay. And second of all, because I think he's just awesome. But Angelo Dawkins also was looking freaking great in this match. Like, there were several times I was like, damn. Yeah, they're they're really fun. I'm glad that I'm starting to appreciate them, because I feel like before I was just like, eh, whatever. Well, it takes some time, right? Like, you got to... I think you got to warm up to people to really be a fan. And that's, I also know that Angelo Dawkins, I think like went back to developmental for a little bit and like really worked on things and it shows, it really shows they are an awesome tag team. So that's super cool. I am into it. Um, There was, however, an early moment of horror for me in this match was before the match even began. Oh, so you know how Rhea will sometimes like hold up her fingers like finger guns and like stop Caliente in his tracks. Uh, No. She kind of like pauses him and then like they have a little confab. Um, When she did that, she kind of just like had her fingers like holding him back, like stop here. I 100% thought she was going to put her fingers in his mouth. Oh, God. 
And I was like, okay, that's that's actually too much for me. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And I'm going to turn off the television now and not watch it ever again. That might be coming pretty soon. Yeah, I guess like I am. There are limits to what I want to see from mommy and her boy. <laughs> Hard limits. <laughs> Well-defined limits. I have so many limits. Yeah. I laughed really hard when Graves was talking about Dominic. <laughs> and he said, Dominic came out here looking like a young Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> like Lost Boy style? Yes, I think so. <laughs> Which I thought Kiefer Sutherland was especially ugly in that film, but maybe that he was, was going for that. I mean, I think his aesthetic was flawless, but yeah, he looked ugly as hell. Yes. In that movie. I mean... That's not my jam, but yeah, I don't think that was a high point for him. No, not at all. No. But, but this match did lead to a high point for us, I think it's fair to say. Probably one of the greatest moments of my entire life. I literally wrote down, is intergender wrestling happening right now? This was so exciting. I it couldn't believe happening. it. I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought it would just be like, oh, no, whatever. Like, yeah, it was amazing. I also, I kind of like that when the Street Profits were psyching Akira up for this, they were like, taking it seriously. Like, no, dude, get in there. Do it. Well, and they weren't like, it's just a girl. You know, well, there wasn't right. any of that. It was just like, go in there. Well, I mean, I feel like Montez Ford can't because he's married to Bianca Belair. So. Oh, he is? He can yeah. Yes, they're married. Aww. Makes me happy. They're That's so, so cute. cute. I wonder if he helps her like stitch her costumes. I hope so. I think that'd be a fun project. Like nice date night. I know. God, that's adorable. Did they but meet in Rasslin or did he know her before? And like, I don't know. I have so many questions. Ask dad. Yeah. I want to know everything. Like um, dad, sit down with them. and figure Yeah. It out. Write a tell all. Mm -hmm. But yeah, intergender wrestling is here. So I mean, is, is it going to keep think? happening? It's got to keep happening, right? This has to keep happening. I was so worried. I was so worried that they were going to have Rhea lose. Yes, me too. I was so scared, and I'm so grateful that she won. I also don't understand how her lipstick doesn't ever seem to smear. <sighs> you know, She's I magic. think she has secrets, yeah. But that was a great match. There was a couple of, like, spots that kind of, like, flubbed a little bit that was mm -hmm. just, like... They recovered really well. It just seemed like it seemed like there were some nerves, which I yeah. totally get. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to take on, right? I mean, it's a it was a huge moment. It was a huge moment and the crowd seemed to love it, which I hope is encouraging for other future intergender matches, yes. because I just feel like it needs to happen. It's been too fucking long. And I feel like, OK, so I get some of the hesitation right because this is a company that has a woman problem uh-huh long dark history of treating female talent like shit yeah and the optics of men hitting women against that backdrop mm -hmm. can be rough yes so i think okay do you mind if i expand on this for a minute because i have all no. these thoughts go ahead so I think the thing is you have to you have to read it in consent, right? Like you have to make it a consent thing. And I think it would almost make sense for me if it was this like if they played it up in a storyline like 
women competitors are seeing this and they're like, I want more competition options. I want to do new things. I want to compete for more titles. So you have women who kind of like opt into doing this and, you know, male competitors obviously have to opt into it too, but like, like talk about it, talk about how you're doing it and like make it this thing. So it, it reminded me a little of in impact. I think it's impact now. It used to be TNA when we watched it, they had the X division and the X division wasn't about weight limits. It was about no limits. So (laughs) you could have your flippy flippers, but also like Kevin Nash could be in an X division match because it could be anybody. And I think that's the approach you want to take. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's gotta be some competition that's like all in for everybody. I think that sounds very thoughtful. And I think on the money because yeah, I mean, you have to have the consent aspect there for sure. Right. And we could also just make it that, women always win the matches and then <laughs> yeah i think that yeah. takes some of the uh surprise <laughs> we call it a gender reparations match every time i mean i just i think it would be so fun like i just i'm so excited but i think well, you're i think you're right on spot on and i think you have to put some guardrails on it right like um it can't be played as a joke like oh TV, yeah look how funny that's what and I was it, worried about with this one. Yeah. And it can't be meaningless. Like women only win by trickery or cheating. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely cannot be men beating up women for hurting their feelings or being slots or whatever. And I think it also can't be based on like, like size differential. Like you said, like yeah. Rhea is a big woman. Akira is kind of a smaller dude. So it's like, we don't want to see matches like that all the time where it's like, well, she only beats him because he's smaller. Exactly. Exactly. So I feel here for it. I feel optimistic. Mm hmm. Yes, please. I did not love the tone of the commentary during their match. Okay. Like, this is incomprehensible. This is unprecedented. This is bad. It's none of those things like. Do any of you remember China or like when Beth Phoenix and Awesome Kong competed in the men's Royal Rumbles? Yeah. This I, shit is not unprecedented. I think one of the things they love to do is like hype up their own genius, quote unquote. Yes. And so they'll make everything new again. It's like whatever they can. It's the newest, most breaking edge thing they've ever come up with. Yeah. Like at some point they're going to be like, no one's ever done this before. This is called wrestling. Like, it's just. Yes. <laughs> it's like um, in the movie Priest. Did you see that with me? Priest. I don't. It's this Paul Bettany movie where he's a vampire hunting priest. No, I did not see that movie. And Carl Urban is a vampire who used to be a priest. And the vampires are all like these squidgy looking eyeless monsters. And here's the twist. Carl Urban is the first human to ever be made a vampire. And like the fucking audacity of that as a plot is like the way that WWE is like, (laughs) yeah, we invented pretty something pretty cool here. It's called a submission match. No one's ever done it before. Not saying they've done that, but you, you get the idea. At first, when you said a Paul Bettany movie, I thought you were going for that other one. Legion. Legion. Which we <laughs> did was see like, together. Yes. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, let's just talk about new podcast. <laughs> uh, Legion is for girls. 
Paul Bettany movies are for girls. <laughs> that was amazing. So, yeah. Um, I also thought that Akira destroyed his tailbone at one point during this match. I was like, are you okay? Can you walk? When he Terrifying. jumped off the top yes. rope and just landed on nothing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that man does not fear for the integrity of his body. No. I was, yeah. He looked like he damaged himself. I was afraid. Um, much less intense and cool. We have some time with Adam Pierce. Yeah, and I think something you said last week kind of came true. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't he, have hiring and firing authority. Fuck that guy. Bobby's coming back at some mm-hmm. undetermined point. Who's shocked? I I'm not shocked. Do you think that MVP is going to be like? Bobby's new guy or I guess that Bobby's going to be MVP's guy maybe or or MVP is still um Omas's guy mm, still and so he Omas. wants Omas now to take on Bobby Lashley so I feel guilty saying this but I'd kind of forgotten about Omas everybody has they were just like oh hey we're gonna hype you up for this one match and then we're never gonna see Braun Strowman or Omas again you know, and, and sometimes the passage of time is a healing balm. So, no, I don't mean that. Like, I, I hope they both have lots of opportunities <laughs> ahead of them. But Yeah, I don't I know, know what's going on with MVP. I mean, I'm always happy to see MVP. Yeah, I used to love him when he was a wrestler. I really liked the storyline where, well, I liked the storyline where he and Matt Hardy were in all these weird competitions with each other. It was dumb, and I didn't enjoy it at the time. But looking back on it, I appreciate it. Like, they had a pizza eating contest. <laughs> That's amazing. It was pretty great. And then I also liked when MVP, like, it was revealed that he only got all the nice things. Because, you know, he had, like, the biggest contract in WWE history oh, or something. yeah, yeah. And all his things kept getting taken away when he didn't win. So, like, they took his tent and his pyros and his music and his video. And he just had to come <laughs> out all sad. And it was great. Oh, my God. I don't remember that. But that's amazing. I feel like it's the story that they use again and again where, like, Heel loses everything and has to have a redemption arc because they did it with Baron Corbin. Like, he lost everything oh, yeah. and then he had to come back. And now I feel like The Miz is there. Like, he's also lost everything and now he's competing for cash and plastic bags, <laughs> which is, like, one step away from a bum fight. It really is. So, yeah. But, um, you know, skipping ahead a little bit, after... Adam Pierce uh, gets into his hiring firing conversation. We learn, even though we already knew that the bloodline is in Des Moines, Iowa. Yes, they're here. They are here. And uh, I, I like that Adam Pierce was like, stop killing everyone. And the fans are like, please more killing. Yeah. I've noticed that lately on, it feels like it's been happening for a while now. There's just like, insanity and everyone runs out from backstage to assist like it happened with Bobby Lashley and it's happening with the bloodline and Mm -hmm. it's like those um bench emptying brawls that you see in baseball like everyone gets really excited about them I think it's probably the same thing here and uh one thing we know someone who was not excited that the bloodline was in Des Moines Iowa is AJ Styles AJ was displeased displeased he doesn't want them interfering with his friends Nope. He doesn't want them in his city or anyone else's city. Nope. 
uh, he's he's very very angry about that, and his solution is that he wants to fight Sammy Uso. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get it out. Low hanging Uso fruit. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and you know uh, AJ's wish is granted, and later in the evening he does get his chance. Yeah. Do you want to talk about chance. that part now, or do you want to talk about that part later? Well, you know, it feels like we're kind of leaning into it, even though it's a jump ahead. I mean, what what do we have to say about AJ and Sammy? I don't think I have a lot except, like, great match, not unexpected. Yeah, I mean, Solo shows up, which also not unexpected. It um, looks like he really loves murder, which, you know, that's his passion. I get it. He does. Sammy wins because of Solo, mm-hmm. ultimately. Um. They just keep lining up the enemies for the bloodline, right? Yes. So, like you said, I think that's a good point that the Royal Rumble is going to be messy. Well, it's like a, you know, I think you're either with the bloodline or against them starts out as a slogan and then it becomes a real thing. Like, everyone hates you. Yep. So, I I am interested to see how many enemies they can pick up between now and February. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they've actually started getting booed now when they come in a little bit. Yeah, I think they're getting a little more genuine heat instead of like, you know, oh, you guys mm-hmm. are heels, but we we love you. And I mean, they're yeah. still getting that because it's, it's hard not to, you know, I, I always will have pretty warm feelings about the Usos, so. Well, and I think if they ever got rid of Sammy, I feel right. like the heat would crank up very high. Yes, I think that's very fair. It'll be interesting to see how that changes their relationship with the crowd when it happens. I know. But yeah. um, So skipping back a little bit, we had a backstage segment with Byron and his Christmas socks. Yeah, those were great. Byron understood the assignment. He did. His pants go up so high when he sits down. (laughs) Well, you know, he likes he likes that real ankle length. They were great. They were classy Christmas socks. I loved it. Right. Very festive. Very nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, he and his socks are interviewing Alexa Bliss (laughs) and Bianca Belair. And I realized that I knew so little about how the Bray and Alexa storyline played out. So I feel like this was a nice catch up for me. It was a nice catch up for me, too, because I completely missed that entire thing. Although Alexa was kind of shitting on therapy generally. (laughs) I didn't like that. I was like, girl, therapy is great. I was like, we shouldn't do that right now. Don't don't shit on therapy. It's the holiday season and a lot of people are struggling. Therapy is for girls, Alexa. It's, it's for true. everyone. It's true. So, but yeah, that actually was really helpful. And I think that's yeah. the most I've ever heard Alexa say. Mm-hmm. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, I It was interesting to watch the like relationship between the two because they were kind of friendly. Yeah. And then as they talked to each other, it definitely got like less friendly. And then Alexa, I guess, had like an official heel turn and smashed a vase on Bianca. Yeah, I thought it was kind of great because Alexa is like she's kind of mirroring Bray's um, identity crisis. Yes. But she has this source for hers, right? Like she knows she's in this weird identifying with her abductor space. And she's like, so like I want to be friends, but I also want to kill. And I also want to stand up for my legacy, which... I actually kind of liked her doing being like, you know, just so we all remember, mm-hmm. I have a long, rich history of championship gold. Right. Like, I like that, too. And, you know, Bianca's response is like, OK, girl, but I think you're probably drinking a lot. Like, I'm just yeah. getting an unhinged vibe. And she's like, you should go to therapy. 
Which I guess therapy should never be used as a weapon, right? Yeah, that's true. I also, I really love that she was like, um, you don't need to be afraid of Bray. He can't do anything to you. Me, on the other hand. <laughs> Which, to be fair, Bray absolutely could do something to her. Like, it, he did something to Alexa. It's not like he, he could just, like, hands off every other superstar. But I feel like he's not going to show up and compete for the women's title. No, he's not. But that would be amazing <laughs> if he did. It would be. He's I'd like, be pissed. Genders, bullshit, man. It'd be like, uh, what's that one guy? James. James Ellsworth? James Ellsworth. Remember when he yeah. showed up in like the Money in the Bank match or whatever? Fuck yes. I mean, I would like to see Bray turn up and be like, I define boundaries, man. Gender, <laughs> reality, whatever, man. I don't know who I am. My impression is not as good as L.A. Knight. It's like you are doing an impersonation of L.A. Knight doing an impersonation of Bray Wyatt. Let me talk to you, man. We're all just copies of other things. The reality. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I think you did a great job. But then, yeah, you're right. Like, Alexa seems to take a heel turn when she attacks her friend with a vase, which is a friendship ender, if nothing else. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's that's it now, if she's just like, fuck everything. Well, and Bray's little symbol did appear. On the monitor briefly. So, like, maybe he's controlling her with radio waves or something. Like, I'm not a scientist, so I can't speak to that. That could be true. She didn't have the moment after, though, where she was like, what have I done? Who am I? Where am I? (laughs) Yeah. What do you think about this match being on Raw versus a pay-per-view stakes kind of thing? Um, I feel like, I don't know. I don't, I think it's. I don't see Alexa winning. I don't, I don't see either. her defeating I don't think that's what Bianca. This is for. Yeah. So it just feels like they don't want to have. It's not as high stakes as maybe Alexa thinks it is, and so right. p- it's not like a pay per view situation. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where like the stakes aren't the championship. The stakes are her coming completely unhinged, mm-hmm. and you know, revealing that she's Captain Howdy. That'd be amazing. She's been wearing stilts. She's wearing stilts and like. 10 jackets to like make her yes. look like a dude like a bigger dude captain howdy is actually just three alexa blisses stacked <laughs> under a trench coat that'd be amazing right <laughs> so uh post this segment things do stay a little nutty because mm-hmm. then we have the miz versus dexter loomis in a ladder match and I have to lead into this match. So when the Miz comes out, he's wearing like this red outfit. It's very seasonal looking, right? Mm-hmm. Like red and white. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I like it. The Miz has on his Christmas colors. And my husband, he looks at me and he says, it's Christmas. <laughs> and like, I hate that asshole for being so much funnier than I will ever be. <laughs> it's like, That's you take really your Christmas and you get out of here. High five for you. me. Uh, no, absolutely not. Okay. But, uh, I mean, this match ended up being, like, a lot of things happened. A lot, a lot of happened. drama. It was fun to watch. I I mean, I I enjoyed it very much. I thought, I thought Loomis would win. Yeah, me too. Me too. And then that Bronson Reed dude comes in. I had no idea who that guy was. So, Bronson Reed was an NXT and he got released and then i guess he's just been like kind of tearing it up on the indies like doing really well for himself so okay i guess he's back you know the money is hard to say no to i'm sure probably yeah 
So what happens next? That's a great question. I feel like I thought this match was going to kind of wind down the storyline. I did too. And now it's like, so he's the Miz's new heavy? Like the Miz, even though he needs money in plastic bags, is going to hire a new guy? Yeah. Are they going to tag against Dexter and Johnny Gargano? I guess. And like, I like Dexter. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like that his tattoos make him look like he's always wearing a shrug. <laughs> I like that he does that weird slithering thing in the ring. That's so weird. I really like the superplex he did off the ladder. Very frightening. But like, yeah. if I'm going to see Johnny Gargano in a tag team, I want to see Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa in a tag team. And I know Tommaso's probably not ready to come back yet. Yeah. Or with Candice LeRae. Or that, yes. Like, let's let's just do it. Let's have yep. a dinner tag. Bring Maurice Can't. in. They can fight. That would be so much fun. But yeah, I don't know. I worry that dad has too many pieces on the chessboard right now and he's not sure what to do with all of them. That's how it feels to me. There's so much, so much and how yeah. to juggle all the things. Like, I mean, we'll talk about this eventually, but it's like, it feels like that with the Universal Bella Championship. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or it not the like Universal, sorry, United States. United States, yeah. It feels like we're in the same kind of like, I don't know. It's like when you're a little kid and you're going to write a book, but you're like nine. So you don't know how to write a book. So you just keep writing about things happening. Mm -hmm. And then pretty soon there's absolutely no way to bring those threads together. Yeah. Because it's just crazy shit. But yeah, I we're about to find out. I don't know. And then, you know, from here, we lead into... Uh, more of that exact topic we were just talking about this united <laughs> states championship melee yeah um you know we've got seth he is wearing a red sequin smoking jacket and what appear to be matching leggings i can't what did you feel about this outfit i would a hundred percent wear this outfit with zero <laughs> i wrote that down swagger i yeah. wrote that down i said Seth Rollins wearing an outfit that I bet Jazzy A would love to wear. Uh, yeah, Seth and I share an aesthetic, but I do not have the ability to pull it off the way he does. Like, I would wear it in the privacy of my own home. I think a lot of his swagger is definitely he has to work to put that swagger on. You know, that's really inspirational. I should think about it that way. I like, think he has a lot of nerves. Instead of just waking up in the morning and putting on my work clothes, maybe I should just wake up and be Jazzy freaking A. I mean, get every fucking sequined outfit that you can. Remember that yeah. sequined dress you sent me? That hot pink one? Yeah. Yeah, you I should You gotta get that for that. yourself. Well, you know, I do have a Seth Rollins-esque suit. Do you? It is a uh, red brocade. What's brocade? So it's like a it's like a fancy kind of fabric that has like a pattern on it. Ooh. And like part of the pattern is like a little raised and the other part's like a little sunken. Have I seen this? You've never seen the suit. Um, I actually don't know where it is since we've moved, but it is oh um, a red brocade blazer with pants that are red brocade down the front and black on the back. This is amazing. It's it's a Seth Rollins suit. So maybe maybe for a special occasion, I'll bring it out and we can record in it. I mean, well, only if we ever one of do us can video. You it, absolutely but. have to wear that absolutely yeah amazing it's probably my wackiest outfit i'm not gonna lie it's great you're great so yeah like seth is looking fierce yep um 
And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you for a minute. Like he's talking and talking and I'm like, oh, my God, is dad going to give me what I want? Is he going to have a moment with Roman? I was hoping that, too. And uh, dad was like, you can't always get what you want. But sometimes you just might find you get fucking Austin Theory just like always. Which is absolutely what no one needs. Wish.com version of the situation I wanted. (laughs) It's like when your parents are like, you're like, I want McDonald's. And they're like, we have food at home. And the food at home is like a box of life cereal with ants in it. (laughs) Just not an acceptable substitute at all. Ant town clown. Oh, no. So like... He shows up rolling in and I feel like dude love like either is like trying to grow out his chest hair or he needs to wax his chest because it was like speckly. I mean, here's another alternative. Wear a shirt under your coat. His outfit was so goddamn bland. It's like he wanted to be the color green. Yes. It was so boring. I mean, you see him next to Seth, and Seth is out here like a glorious peacock, living his best life, excelling mm-hmm. at the top of his field. Yep. And Austin Theory is like, you're going to take me serious because I'm not a kid anymore. Well, and he made that, like, bears crack, and I was like, <laughs> that fell so flat. I was like, dude, you're in Iowa, first of all. Yes. But, like, is it, like, a well-known fact that Iowans like the Chicago Bears, or is it a well-known fact that Colby who hails from Iowa, a.k.a. Seth freaking Rollins, loves the Bears. I don't understand what that, what he was going for there. It made me feel so awkward. And I, I feel like when you're where he is and you have to resort to a cheap sports heat joke, like, dude, dude, you don't belong here. Like, the thing he said about the Shield, him being, like, the third most successful in the Shield, I found that... Like, I thought that was, like, a good dig, but I was also, like, it's highly inaccurate because (laughs) he's not the third most successful in the Shield. It's also, that could be a really good dig coming from someone who'd established himself. Yeah. Like, if Roman said that to him, burn of the century. Yes. Or if, I don't know, like, another competitor of, maybe if Bobby Lashley said it. But with Austin Theory, it's like, dude... You hold the title, but you feel like a challenger that I think has no chance of winning. That's really weird. 5,000%. It's also a little bit like being like, you're only the third best president. Well, you were still president. Yeah, that's true. I thought it was kind of funny when at the beginning it says like, well, bloodline's coming for everybody but me. Dot, 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 low and frickin' behold. Mm-hmm. I liked this part. I thought um, it was kind of funny that Clown just ran away. I Yeah, I think it's the one time where he, like, outsmarted Seth a little bit. Yeah. Because Seth's like, come on, bro, honor amongst thieves. And Austin Theory is like, I, I actually have to be home before 10, so I gotta... I, gotta go. I was... I was also thinking, like, is Seth really going to wrestle in those fancy white shoes? That's Those look painful. Right? Those are not sports shoes. They are not. No, they're fashion, not function. But, uh, you know, the bloodline is set to do their worst to Seth. And then I think it's really appropriate that two men who have no friends came together in a situationship. It's true. I I was trying to think for a while. I was like, why did he come help Seth? But it's like. He didn't come to help Seth. He just came right. to beat up the bloodline. <laughs> like, he doesn't, 
doesn't like Seth. He likes hitting the bloodline. He likes yes. beating up the Usos. Yeah. I had to like remember my place. Well, you know, I feel like this is something I've always said and I really believe is true. It's it's not the things you share in common with your friends. It's the things you hate together and the people mm-hmm. you hate together that bind you the closest. That's why our bond is so strong. Right. I mean, how many people can we mutually not stand? We so hate many. so many things and so intensely. We will be together much longer than the bloodline. But <laughs> in this moment, K.O. and Seth found respect in mutual hatred. And it was great. It was great. Their their uh, little backstage bit was also really great. It was so cute. I loved it. Like for Seth seemed like kind of normal for a hot second. Yes. And uh, what cracked me up was... Um, when he laughed at the end and Kay was like, yeah, you still got that laugh, which I felt like so seen in that moment because I hate Seth's laugh. It's yes. so freaky. I also really liked uh, Kayo was like, you were wearing a really bright suit. <laughs> like, yes, he was almost without a doubt, sir, without a doubt. It was adorable. I enjoyed that back and forth. So, yeah, I mean, all of this greatness turns into a match between Kayo and Seth Rollins and the Usos. Mm hmm. And, and what a match it was. It was. Seth came out wearing zebra. Like, yes. I think he actually killed a zebra to make those pants. He's committed. He is. Um, there was a there was a person in the front row watching the match who had, like, the best reactions. And I was like, this person is great. And I made a note. And I was like, there's this older woman in the front row. And she's having the best reactions to everything that's <laughs> happening. Because it's, like, so many pins. It's really stressful. It turns out it's just, like, a dude. Like an older dude. And I was like, this is not as, this is way less charming than I thought it was. It's not as exciting as what we were It really promised. wasn't. I thought there was like this nice old lady with white hair, like at a wrestling show in the front row. It was great. I love that idea. I want that future for us. I do too. But it was a, it was a really good match, of course. And then, of course, like, you know, things continue to get out of hand. So it's like, oh no, now the OC is here. Mm-hmm. Now Solo Sokoa is here. Uh-huh. Now Austin Theory is here, and he's going to make Seth take him serious at any cost. Yeah, it really was a cast of thousands. Mm-hmm. And of course, then at the very end, uh, Sammy and KO have their little face off. I know, and K- so it's like Sammy had this look on his face, like he's the smug ex. Yeah, who's like, I dare you to say something, and yeah. KO kind of looked like the heartbroken ex. He's just standing there with like this kind of sad, lost look on his face. He's like, but we know they're both deeply, deeply sad inside. In that moment, they were Finn and AJ. Oh, they were. Yeah. yeah. I hope they get back together someday. I do, too. Like, I feel like they're twin flames. They are. You know? And I, I want to see them together. I think it hurts because, like, they remind me of our own friendship. You know, like a profound bond, but without like the talent and determination to succeed <laughs> that they have demonstrated over the years. And I hope the vitriol. <laughs> right. Less vitriol. Although, I mean, I, I feel like we have both at various times embodied KO's level of vitriol. So for each other? No, just in general. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. I thought no, yeah, you meant like at each other. I was like, I don't remember being like absolutely that. Absolutely not. Just the absolutely sweetest not. person. Absolutely not. <laughs> And, you know, we both kind of dance like Sammy, so. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's so weird. I love it so much. It is super weird. A-Town Clown couldn't be bothered to put a shirt on when he came back either, so. No, he's done with shirts. He's like, everybody look at my chest here and give me your opinions. Mm -hmm. I think you should put them in your letter to Dad. 
my opinions on his chest hair. Yeah. I don't want to encourage him to think I want more A-Town Clown content. Okay, that's fair. A decided lack of chest hair content in the letter, then. Yeah. I just, I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, we went from this sort of free-for-all and, you know, intense feelings into some other intense feelings when, uh, you know, first we have Becky backstage, very pissed and getting ready to face Bailey. Mm-hmm. And uh, that leads us into Bailey with her friends Eosky and Dakota Kai versus the man, Becky Lynch. Yes. And this was the first time they'd wrestled each other in almost four years. I know. It's That's like pretty really bringing it back. It. Yeah. I was excited about this, too. What did you think? What was your what was your takeaway on this? Well, the promo before Becky's like, I want to fight you at your best, Bailey. And I don't know what it is. I don't know. I just feel like Bailey's still not at her best. Like, I don't no. feel like it was the best Bailey fighting Becky. You know, I think that's fair. And I, I think storyline, maybe that makes sense, right? Like, Bailey's talked a really big game about how she's the best and she's going to control all the damage that other lady wrestlers are doing. Mm-hmm. But, like, she's not the best. Right? No. I mean, EO and Dakota are the best in what they're doing. Well, but- and then, you know, Bailey o- only beat Becky because. They interfered while getting kicked out. <laughs> right. I mean, Becky was like, I want one-on-one. I want us to have a real conflict. And Damage Control was like, we don't agree to those terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. We will not check the box before proceeding. Yeah. I think this will go on for longer, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this means that Becky's going to wrestle Bianca, right? No. Y- no. No. Alexa's no, wrestling has- Bianca. This is the- just... Yeah. Runner-up match. The only stakes of this match are this match. They're they rivalry. did drop the Four Horsewomen reference a couple of times. They did. Which makes me think they're going to bring back Charlotte again pretty soon. And I, I think that might make an interesting spice to this match, you know. Um, yeah. They all have heated histories together, so. Yeah. yeah. Is the fourth Sasha Banks? Yes. Okay. And I, I don't think so. Sasha Banks is, Banks is coming back anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. Which is sad because I like Sasha, but yeah, you know she's had a rough go of it in wrestling. She's had a lot of injuries, and yeah, I don't think she feels she's been treated right. And I really respect her sticking up for herself. I'm sure she hasn't been treated right. <laughs> right? Seems very, very likely. Yeah. So uh, the match was great, though. I enjoyed every second. I didn't write much because I just was like watching the match and like really enjoying seeing these two fight again. Yeah. Um, they just, it, it felt to me like they were people, and this is really dumb and obvious, probably people who used to wrestle each other a lot, relearning how to wrestle each other. Yes. But like, it all felt familiar, but it was like still a little rusty, but in a good way. No, I, th- I think that's the perfect way to sum it up is like, these two have had some explosive Diarrhea. relationship <laughs> moments. <that laughs> they probably had that too. I mean, you know, what happens. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happens on the road, staying in hotels. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Gas station Explosive food. And it happens. My five-year-old brain went there. Okay. <laughs> I like how you're explosive. like, I want to introduce that, but I don't want to actually talk about it. We're going to cut it off. Right I'm now. sorry. No, I was fine. rude and interjected. Diarrhea talk. Well, that's how diarrhea works. It's rude and it interjects itself. <laughs> that's true. Cha-cha-cha. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I... I think my other takeaway from this match is that the monitor to the head 
is a much oh. better finish than the Bailey to Belly. Yeah. Much better. Much more decisive. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot. But in the end, I guess the explosive diarrhea is the ultimate finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> Let's become wrestlers. And slide into first. Let's become a- Let's become a tag team <laughs> called Explosive Diarrhea. And we just have like the moves are the names from the thing. So there's like. I yeah, actually love this. And I think we should each have our own like one of us has IBS and one of us <laughs> is like lactose intolerant. But, like we're initials getting- will make IBS. Yes. And like we're getting ready for a match and you're like, what are you doing? You know, we have to fight so-and-so next, and I'm just, like, eating a four-cheese lasagna backstage furiously. There's almost always something backstage where someone's yelling at someone through a bathroom door. Yes. Oh, you know, you're like, it's time to unleash the beast. And I'm like, I am unleashing the beast right now. <laughs> this is probably w- <laughs> our worst segment. I would watch it. <laughs> yeah, so would I. I love amazing. a good poop joke. And I love a bad poop joke. <laughs> uh, thanks for humoring me. Yeah. No, thanks for thanks for bringing the humor. So was there anything else about SmackDown that you wanted to uh, to share with me? About Raw? Yeah, we are talking about Raw. That's fair. <laughs> but That's it's fair. okay. <laughs> I just put a lot of brain power into our diarrhea gimmick, so I don't have a lot left. Uh, there was No, there was just kind of one thing I saw. They made some comment about how... Um, they surpassed 20 million TikTok followers, the WWE oh, account, which was them. like more, of course, than any other major sporting right. TikTok account. And it made me wonder, it's like, that's so many fucking followers. It's like so many people watch wrestling. So many like famous people love wrestling. But it still seems like wrestling is still kind of this thing that a lot of people don't want to admit they like mm-hmm. or you're still you're a total fucking geek if you like it and it's like it's so fucking popular why is it still relegated to this kind of weird spot what do you think well i think some people have the idea that wrestling is entertainment for children despite it really not being appropriate entertainment (laughs) for children yeah um i also think there's the stigma about the fan who thinks it's real I mean, we totally saw to me, some of those it. people at Hooters. <laughs> right, reviews. right. But I, I feel like I feel like people who don't watch wrestling love to be like, you know it's not real, right? I know. And it's like, yeah, just like when I watch The Fast and the Furious, I know that Dominic Toretto is not a real person. Just like I know that they're not actually driving a car through a train <laughs> through a volcano in space. But, like, I can enjoy the narrative. Well, and also, like, that's always kind of bothered me because it's like, okay, it might not be real in the sense that, like, these are, like, real storyline beefs that people have with yes. each other. But it's like, what they're doing in the ring is fucking real. Like, they throw their bodies around. That's real. Like, you know what else isn't real? Like, circus performances and the ballet. And gymnastics. Like, I know when Simone Biles does a floor routine to Thriller that she's not actually fighting zombies with dance. 
That would be amazing if she did, though. She'd win. pretty cool. She absolutely would win. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I know it's not real in the way that I know all scripted dramas aren't real. But I can admire what's happening and enjoy it. Well, and I feel like nobody says that to people who watch fucking reality TV, which we know is not real. So Absolutely not. Yeah. And I also feel like you're in a cage fighting world where, like, the Paul brothers are racking up victories. It's like, you're going to tell me that shit's real? Yeah, I refuse sure. To I know some that. of it's real, but some of it's certainly not. I mean, I have no doubt they train. I have, like, I, yeah. I feel like everything requires some suspension of belief, right? Like, I, and I think it's it's not a bad analogy because it's like ninety five percent of MMA bouts are real. Yeah, they are not scripted, but you can see that scripted element and not be like, wow, it's all fake and stupid. And it's like, well, the athleticism of wrestling is real, whether exactly, you, you know, yeah. I don't know. I just felt some feelings. I just I, I I was just curious what you thought, so I'm I'm glad that you felt those feelings cuz it just it does seem strange. It's like I tell people that I watch wrestling, that I love wrestling and they're always just like, "What?" <laughs> like like it's like the shock of all shocks. I'm like, "Why is that weird?" So, I think especially if you are a woman, mm-hmm. you get that a lot like, mm-hmm. "What what are you talking about? That's not that's not that's right. such a that's a that's a dude thing and it's like it's like a certain kind of dude like, like it's a redneck or a frat boy mm-hmm yeah i don't know it's just an interesting thought and that is why we are out here every week making a show called wrestling is for girls yep that right there bitches boom So I, I think that that's it for the week's wrestling. Is that safe to say? Yes. Yeah. Did you have any uh, news and notes that you wanted to cover before we put this one to bed? I didn't have any news and notes. I don't know if you wanted to mention our special next week. I do. I'm dying to do it. Okay, go ahead. So next week, you know, it's it's going to be that magical time between Christmas and New Year's. Um, we have the holidays, everything's happening, people are traveling, and that includes us. So it's going to be a little hard to keep caught up with wrestling. And also Raw is going to be a clip show, which one of us is very excited about and one of us is not very excited about. Just like in Labyrinth, there's one door that always lies and one that always tells the truth, and you have to figure out which one it is. Mm. But with all this said, next week we are going to be doing our first ever Wrestling is for Girls holiday extravaganza. I'm so excited. During which we look back on the year that was and ahead to the year that will be and uh, share our thoughts holiday style. So uh, whip up your eggnog, bake your Christmas cookies, get out your New Year's noisemakers. Maybe I'll wear my Seth Rollins suit. Ooh. And uh, we hope you will join us for a very merry holiday spectacular. Can't wait. So thank you for joining us this week. For wrestling is for girls, uh, whether it's your first time or you have been here since our very first kink claiming and shaming, you can find our older episodes on our website, wrestlingisforgirls.com, and you can check out new episodes each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we hope that you will direct all your comments, complaints, and requests to WIF Girls Pod on Twitter. Uh, where we would love to hear from you. So uh, thank you for listening and see you next week. 